0: This is your reminder that Karen, Delina, and Shalon are not professionals of any kind. If you need medical, fitness, or nutritional advice, please seek out qualified professionals that do that sort of thing.
1: Hey there, guys. Uh, welcome to Sister, Club, and Sister. We get together and talk about first one thing and then another primary focus being health, fitness and faith, but you never know what we might talk about.
0: Today, we are talking about triggers and I'm not talking about the kind that's on weaponry, I'm talking about the kinds that set us off mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we can have spiritual triggers as well. So what sets you guys off? Let's talk about nutrition first.
1: Okay, well, and I may have misunderstood the assignment, but I'm just going to let you know what I got. And then we, we can take off from there if you're all okay with that. Yeah, go. Physically, if I'm tired or sleeping, and they're, and they're not the same thing, but either one of those will make me want to be extremely lazy and I want to eat more. So if I'm not getting enough sleep, I'm going to be wanting to eat more because my body, and I, I don't know if this is why or not, I've never researched it, but I'm thinking my body wants more energy to stay awake and keep moving. So I want to keep eating to give it that energy.
2: The body so, will produce more ghrelin hormone when it is tired mm-hmm. and when you don't get enough sleep, which that is a uh, hunger trigger. Well, I guess
1: maybe it's a way to get more energy in there for the body then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Love logic. Makes logical sense. <laughs> <laughs> Did he's um, a
2: Vulcan in real life, y'all? No. <laughs>
1: yeah. If I'm in pain, like with my knee and stuff, it actually does just the opposite to me. Although I don't sleep well when I'm in pain, I don't want to eat anything. Yeah. So that's what a physical trigger for me uh, to, to not eat is is if I'm experiencing pain. Noise distractions. If I'm trying to sleep, especially if I'm trying to go to sleep and i got these strange noises, it will make me angry. Really? Yeah. I like my sleep. Don't wake me up unless you're dying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You and Arnie are
0: in that same wavelength right there. (laughs) Since we've had the dog, sometimes (laughs) he'll jump down and sometimes he'll scratch or, you know, Mm -hmm. and it will just aggravate the fire out of him. (laughs) What about you, Shalom?
2: Well, as far as nutrition, if I eat something that has a high salt content, I will want more. If I eat something that has a high sugar content, I will want more. That's just the food. But I mean, like Dee was saying, uh, me being tired is definitely a trigger for me to want to eat more. And when I am sore from working out, I tend to want to comfort myself with food.
0: (laughs) Yeah, being sore and wanting to eat. How have you gotten over that?
2: Well, basically, I just try to eat things that are better for me. If I am feeling that sore, you know, my muscles are torn, right? Yeah. You yeah. Have little muscle tears when you're building muscle. And, and if you feel the soreness the next day or the day after, you might have pushed it a little too hard. So your body does need nutrition to repair itself. So I just make a better decision of, okay, I, I want food. I'm going to allow myself to eat, but I'm going to make sure that I eat healthy.
0: You consciously make a decision to avoid the chips and go for something like, like what?
2: Okay. Let me think here. Because usually when I'm like that, I'm wanting something sweet. So what I will do is I will head for bananas, peanut butter, and honey.
0: Mm, Okay.
2: Or I'll eat dried fruits, something like that. Or if I happen to have some dark chocolate chips in my pantry, I'll grab a little handful of dark chocolate chips.
0: So, something that's actually going to contribute nutritionally and not just be empty calories.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, give my, give at least give my body something it can use, especially in times when it is tired and sore because it needs that nutrition anyway.
0: Nutrition for me, one of the triggers is the holidays. Yes. And it starts in October with Halloween. All that candy. All that candy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) If I can avoid, falling into the pit and having, oh, I'll I'll only just have one of these little,
2: meany, little, tiny, little,
0: little sneaker bites that's not even actually a bite. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) half a bite. You notice how small Halloween candy has gotten from the time that we were kids? If I can just avoid that, then I'm okay. But if I can't, well, I'll tell you what, when it comes to stuff like that, I am happy to dive in the deep end and just (laughs) go whole hog. Oh, well... Guess what? You've had three of these little miniature Tootsie Rolls. Out of all the Halloween candy, what do I go for first? The Tootsie Rolls. Really? Yes. Don't look at me like
2: I have five heads because (laughs) I think it's strange that you like Tootsie Rolls first.
0: (laughs) My second choice would be uh, Three Musketeers. But it's always chocolate. First. Always chocolate. (laughs) Hmm. Not the Dum Dum Suckers. Not the dots, not sweet tarts. I've always been a chocolate girl. I always yeah. preferred vanilla. Now the, the are they Tootsie Rolls? Are they Tootsie Rolls? You get the big bag of, of candy and it's got the little, they're like Tootsie Rolls, but it's orange or green No, or those vanilla. Are really, those are like taffy, aren't they? I don't know what they are, but those are good too. But no, the chocolate one's first. <laughs> and I think part of that for me is psychological. Because when Didi was a kid, and nothing against Didi, we've mentioned this before, but that's just the way kids are. Karen couldn't have anything sweet because Didi couldn't have anything sweet. So when did I get anything sweet? Was I had to sneak it. Mother would sit with me in front of that little warm morning gas heater that we had up there in the holler, mm-hmm. and we would we would sneak a like oatmeal cake or whatever it was that Dad had for his mm-hmm. lunch. You know, we would we would sneak and have one. Holidays, big time for me.
1: Yeah, I want to cook all the yummy stuff for holidays.
0: I know, I would love to bake bread. So bake bread. I can't eat it. You can make gluten-free bread. Yeah, I've tried that. I've tried to make gluten-free bread. It's as hard as this desk. It is so dense and thick. It's worse than fruitcake.
2: The brand of that gluten-free bread that I told you that I got that is in the freezer section.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the brand that you told me that
2: I don't either, but I'll share it. Let me tell you, I made breakfast for on Thursday with that, and I had that bread, and I just gave him some apple butter to go with it. And he was like, Man, this bread is so good. Really? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself, Hmm, that's a compliment to that bread. And I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll send it to Karen and she can link it in the show notes for y'all.
0: Yes, I will. <laughs> Now, the bread that I buy that's gluten-free comes from Aldi's. It's their brand.
2: Aldi's is good, too. You know, it's interesting. When I thought about triggers and nutrition, I didn't think about the holidays.
0: Yeah, holidays, big time for me.
2: No, I agree with that. It's it's a trigger for a lot of people, especially when you get to Thanksgiving. Because mm. it's kind of like we give ourselves permission to just, like you say, dive in the deep end.
1: You yeah, know, the holidays are always uh, tough because you got... Well, you got the turkey, and some people do the ham, and
2: those aren't necessarily the bad
1: things, though. It's everything else, like the candied yams, (laughs) mashed potatoes, and potato salad, and macaroni salad, Mm -hmm. um, apple
2: pie. And you know, let's say too that it's not necessarily bad that you have a big meal on that one day, but it's whether or not you can keep yourself together to not keep having big meals. Yeah, that is true.
0: It's hard for me to crawl out the deep end. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Karen, Karen puts waiters on and goes all the way down.
0: I'll tell you what, man, I go in over my head. Yeah,
2: that's, you know, what's interesting is I the girl that I work with. She has always been very active, ate very well. And that's always just been natural to her. And, you know, I've always been the on and off person with things as far as nutrition and working out. And Mm -hmm. she looked at me one day and she's like, man, I tell you, with you, it's all or nothing. Mm. Because she was making a comment about me not eating well. And I kind of, it was like a smack in the face, but a good smack in the face. And it made me realize that about myself.
1: So I came across a few websites. Um, One of them um, has an article titled, The Effect of Trigger Foods and How to Avoid Them. And Karen, I'll share these with you so you can put them in the show notes. (laughs) So Um, I can read
0: it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well reading it might be good yeah um another one i found it's got the article called uh seven ways to deal with trigger foods that can help you enjoy them again i haven't taken the time to read that one but i'll send it to you and how to identify your trigger foods or your food triggers excuse me yeah those i know and then i found one that talked about how are fear quote quote fear and quote trigger foods different and i'm like what in the world are they talking about
0: yeah, I'm sitting here thinking that same thing.
1: And I, I read it, and it talks about anorexia nervosa, to where a person will start cutting out like rice and and, and and things like that. And then eventually they may get to where they will not eat anything that's white. And sometimes people get so, so bad with that, as far as the, the eating disorder, that they won't even want to be in the same room with. Yeah, I, I was kind of like that too. You're, you're huh. like kicking your heads, like, huh? And I'm yeah me too I was like huh because <laughs> I I don't think I, I don't have that right so I don't understand it but it it was an interesting read so I'll I'll send that to Karen too so Karen could put it in the show notes
2: I mean I can kind of understand it to the point where they feel like that that is so detrimental to themselves where mm-hmm. they want to just completely be away from it yes some alcoholics have to be like that
1: Yes, and um, part of the article, at least I think it was this article that I read, it did make a comparison to a person who, an, an, an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic, who they, they will have to completely stay away from the alcohol totally. They won't, can't even be in the yeah. same room with it. Nutritional triggers, too, is certain types of food will trick me. Like, you got bacon, especially if it's crunchy bacon, I'm all over it. Yes. Love the crunchy bacon. I mean, sausage is okay, but give me the bacon. So if there's bacon around, I'm eating it if I'm cooking it, I have to cook two packages because I'm going to eat one all by myself. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm, I'm going to extremes. I don't eat a whole thing by myself, but um, yeah. And another thing for me too is whipped cream. I don't care if it's the real whipped cream or the fake stuff. It doesn't matter. Are we talking ready whip or cool whip? For me, it doesn't matter <laughs> because, and I had somebody to ask me once, what did I like to eat it? What What, the, what do you eat it on? And my <laughs> response was, a spoon. <laughs> yep.
2: And
0: okay. And that, that was wasn't like, what was in my head. <laughs> and that's
1: like <laughs> I was just I'll saying. Nice we're not the kind of podcast. Kind of <laughs> <bullshit. laughs> get out of here. But that's why I don't buy whipped cream. I can understand that. Because I'll, oh, I'll get yeah. a spoon and I'll, be, I'll just one one spoon won't won't be too bad. It's that's fine, just one spoon. Well, two won't be so bad. Well, three, and then next thing I know, I got the whole container, whatever it is, and I'm eating it.
0: What else do we have for triggers around the holidays?
1: Well, social triggers.
0: What about like office parties?
1: Yeah, office parties. Um, for me, if I if I go to somebody's house, I might eat something I wouldn't normally eat because I don't want to be rude to them, or I'll have a second serving because I don't want to be rude to them. You know, events like parties, ball games, parades, carnivals, things like that.
2: Yeah. Do people really get offended by that stuff? I mean, if I, I have know. somebody over to my house and they don't eat something that I make, I am not offended. Well, see, I'm not either, but I don't know. I don't know if they would be or not. I don't expect people to eat everything that I make. We are different, though. But I'm just saying, as a culture in general, the American population, do people really get offended? Yes. To me, that's kind of like I can't let someone else's trigger become mine you have a, I don't know whether to call it a generation of people
0: or a culture of people that don't realize that that might be detrimental to somebody that's on a, you know, trying to better their health. Right. Yes. And so maybe it just comes down to educating them.
2: You know, I remember an instance on myself where I was, uh, it was actually Pastor Chris. And we had a little lunch breakfast thing with our Bible study group that we had. And I was tempting him with a dessert when I knew he was trying to eat better. (laughs) I went back and I apologized. I'm like, I am so sorry I did that to you. I should not have done that. And he's like, oh, I didn't even think twice about it. Probably did, but he's just being super nice. But I mean, can we say this? Like, if you know somebody's trying to watch what they're eating, don't be a jerk like I was and tempt them. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, movies too. For me, movies, I love it. movie popcorn. Oh man, yes. Oh, you know, what's interesting is, right. and I will watch, um, we've been watching a better call, Saul, mm-hmm. and he always has popcorn. I had to go out and buy myself a salty, crunchy snack that was within my realm of my nutrition mm-hmm. so I could partake while we're
0: <laughs> watching <a> his <laughs> show. Yeah, I'm like Dee Dee. When I go to the movie theater,
1: I want popcorn and a soda. Mm -hmm. And some movie theaters even have good uh, nachos and hot cheese, warm cheese. Mm -hmm. So as far as social things, that's one thing that gets me is movies. Yeah.
0: And you know what? That's an expectation there, right?
2: Mm.
0: Almost everybody you see that's going back after they've had their ticket punched (laughs) has something in their hand.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And that that goes for like the parties and stuff too. Or if you go to dinner with a friend or family member and after dinner, maybe they're accustomed to having a glass of wine and you say no thanks. I don't know. The social expectations, while they are changing, the culture of that is changing. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more acceptable acceptable to say, you know what, I don't I don't eat things with gluten in them. Or, you know, I'm I don't eat potato chips and stuff like that anymore mm-hmm. that's becoming more socially acceptable the change is slow
2: part of that is being open and honest with yourself and the people that you socialize with as well mm-hmm. yes so mm-hmm. that they know what your triggers and your limits are like for instance and i'm not i'm not upset about what had happened or anything like that by any means but we had a ladies lunch, breakfast, lunch thing with the local church here and the only thing that i could eat was fruit there there was no no option that didn't have cheese or gluten in it it's when you stop eating stuff like that that you realize
0: exactly it is everywhere how much Mm -hmm. of it
2: that you were eating in the beginning to begin with (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean you have to be it definitely takes a mental strength to be able to just sit there and eat fruit. I mean, it was hard for me to not be able to enjoy, like they had a, like a egg um, casserole type thing and a potato, like a hash brown casserole type thing. And then they had muffins and stuff like that. Trust me, I wanted the stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. One of the hardest things to do is probably identify what your triggers are and then be willing to work on that.
0: Yeah. And that's going to be different for everybody,
2: identifying them. Yes.
0: You may not realize that just having one of those little teeny tiny tootsie rolls might set you off for the next three months. Because I hadn't for the longest time until I started looking back on it, until I actually became more conscientious about what I was putting in my mouth. I Mm. could then look back and say, you know what? Every October, I seem to plummet and I don't get back on track until January. So for me, it's the holidays. That's when I recognize that my big trigger for everything, physical, uh, mental, emotional, nutritional, it's all surrounded the holidays. And it's just October through January. It's not like Valentine's Day or Easter or 4th of July. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that people could recognize their triggers?
2: Well, I mean, if you are watching what you eat nutritionally, and you find yourself wanting something that is not on your plan, you need to ask yourself a question. Why am I wanting this? What has happened in the last few days or the last hour where I'm wanting cheesecake?
1: And I think um, journaling, Mm -hmm. not only a food journal of what you're eating, but your emotions can help you zero in on uh, certain emotions you might have that would make you want to dive into that deep end. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: I love journaling. I don't so do, it do it consistently, but I do do it.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, I'm the same way. But yeah. if you also include like journaling about your life along with that, you'll be able to find those emotional triggers as well, right? Or social triggers, even mm-hmm. because you go to a, a housewarming party or whatever, and you keep your food journal for that, and you write down what you ate at that that housewarming party. You know, it can help you zero in on on those things.
0: Mm-hmm. What are some ways? especially during the holidays, that we can avoid those triggers without having to be a hermit. My first tip, if you're going to go to a Christmas party, have a good meal before you go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because if you're already full, you don't have room for all the cakes and the candies and the little special treats that are there. And if you're going to your family's dinner, take something that you can have for dessert.
2: Exactly. Like I've been told I need to bring a pumpkin pie. Well, guess what? That pumpkin pie is going to be a pumpkin pie that Shalon can eat. (laughs) (laughs) So I am, yeah, I'm going to make a gluten-free pumpkin pie. Awesome. Okay. And you can also talk to
0: somebody that you trust and to somebody that you're going to listen to and tell them, (laughs) remind me that I don't want seconds. Yeah. If you see me going back for seconds, remind
1: me. That I told yeah. you to tell me that I mm-hmm. didn't want seconds. Yeah, use your support system. Yeah. Even if they're not there, you can tell them, send me a text. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, because if you're going somewhere and they, they're they not there for whatever reason, they you can still be in communication with your support system and only eat the dessert that you took. Yeah.
2: I think the key is not to avoid, but to have a game plan of when you do come across it.
0: And you can also set up a reward system for yourself. So long as your reward is not a food, maybe you buy a new pair of shoes. Yeah, go get a pedicure. Buy a new pair of leggings. Mm -hmm. You know, do that. And that's, I did at Halloween, I did get into the candy. Okay. I did. Tootsie Rolls, yes, I had some. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I stopped. We still had a big bowl of it left. Last year when we moved in, we had over 400 trick-or-treaters. Wow, and we had two hundred and fifty ish this year, so we had quite a bit of candy left over, and we kept a bowl here. And Arnie took a huge bag to work. Well, the what was here, I went through and I picked out the tootsie rolls that are about the size of your finger. I mm-hmm. picked out like a handful, and that's what I had. And Arnie and I ate the rest of it. All right, so you indulged a little bit, but you controlled it. I didn't swim in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it's not that you completely avoid everything, unless it is detrimental to you, like it's going to hurt you physically. You know, like Karen was saying, all right, she likes Tootsie Rolls. So she let herself have a handful of Tootsie Rolls. But then she said, that was it. She mm-hmm. had control over the situation. It's really, it's really the triggers that you don't have control over that you have to really be mindful of. I looked up what a definition of triggers is, and one thing, one website that came up was called verywellmind.com, and it says, what does it mean to be triggered? You know how you hear that nowadays? Everybody's triggered. Yeah. The term triggered refers to the experience of having an emotional reaction to a disturbing topic, such as violence or a mention of suicide in the media or a social setting. However, there is a difference between being triggered and being uncomfortable. When we're talking about being triggered, it means that it's going to propel you into a situation that you're probably going to regret later. Basically like pulling a trigger.
1: Yes, it's exactly like it is. And that's why they call it a trigger, I'm sure. And um, (laughs) find your safety and learn how to put it on. 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 (laughs) Anything else that we have on this topic? Not really. We didn't talk a whole lot about the emotional triggers. Like um, loneliness, for me, it makes me want to eat. Boredom is my worst, the worst of the worst. It's not necessarily really an emotion,
2: but if I'm bored, this is what I'm wanting to do. Yeah, hand to mouth. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. That is something that is learned though, right? No, actually.
0: Humans and dogs, one way that we comfort ourselves from infancy is hand to mouth.
2: But when we're bored, how we deal with that is something that is a habit that we've developed. You know, like when like if we're young, like I'm trying to teach my children what's, you know, you're bored and you're wanting to eat versus, all right, when you say you're bored, let's go and do something else. So train yourself differently. But the the
1: boredom, that's probably something that you can teach, even if you're having to teach yourself. Yeah,
0: I don't give bored very often not as much as i used to what i've found is that when i'm bored if i can do something with my hands crochet or draw Uh i play video games
2: reminds me of that thing you know idle hands are the devil's work
0: (laughs) yeah well the devil's work was going into my mouth
2: (laughs) (laughs) an emotional trigger for me i don't know when i'm not feeling loved Mm. is that loneliness Like when I'm not feeling loved, when I don't feel like, um, I have expectations on my husband that he hasn't met (laughs) and it makes me feel unloved and I do want to eat when those things happen.
0: I can see that.
1: Anger makes me not want to eat anything.
0: No, no. It's a hot emotion. And anytime we're talking about being warm, think about when you're really, really hot, you've been outside in the sun. Mm -hmm. I don't want food then. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about loneliness and not feeling loved, making you want to eat. Well, what about like when you, when you do feel loved and (laughs) I'm going to talk about me and Arnie, when we first got together, Arnie and I, he was like a beanpole. We started dating and we got married and he gained some weight (laughs) and it wasn't that he was doing anything any differently, still doing the same job, still doing it the same hours. You know, what, what, what's the difference there? That's the opposite of lonely, and the opposite of not feeling loved. Mm-hmm. Well, the comfort.
2: That's also men. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just we're wired different, right? Maybe the opposite is true for a man. Yeah,
0: maybe I hadn't thought about that.
2: I know Tim right. didn't start gaining weight until he got over his forty, so that was completely genetic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that metabolism like, getting you. That- yeah, exactly. That's just that's how he's made. If he if he wouldn't work at one point, if he wasn't working out, he would lose weight. He's one of those people. Oh, wow. And it took him years of not working out and then him getting over 40 to where he finally started to get a little pooch. And I mean little. <laughs> <laughs> but he complains about it like it's some big thing and he actually asked me if I he had man boobs the other day and I'm like, "Seriously?"
0: that's funny oh my goodness we've talked about triggers that make us want to eat so what about triggers that make us want to do things that are not eating when i am angry i tend to clean oh girl same
1: if i have like hurt feelings or like i feel Mm -hmm. like i've been betrayed it makes me want to go shop really Mm -hmm. that's interesting
2: yeah i don't think i have to be triggered to spend money and I am not angry very often because I'm not a good housekeeper. <laughs>
0: that's funny. Yeah, no, when I when I get angry, I clean. You know, one of the best things for dealing with emotions that we don't want to talk about is to move your body. Yes. I think that's why when I get angry, I get up and clean. That it helps me feel better. You Movement. know, this is like Swedish death cleaning.
2: You get really nitpicky about it, right? Yes. Everything has to be absolutely perfect. I mean, this is the type of cleaning where you are pulling the, you know, TV stand away from the TV so you can get underneath it. And yes,
0: that kind of cleaning.
2: Isn't that funny? I wonder if mother does that. I don't know. Where did we get that?
0: I have no idea.
2: (laughs) I will be on my hands and knees, my arms underneath, like dusting the underside of my bed.
0: Yep. (laughs) Do we have any wise words for the holidays and triggers? Oh, my gosh. Be observant.
1: Yeah. Whether it's spending money, whether it's eating food that's not within your your game plan for your health, think about it before you do it.
2: Mm, Yeah.
1: What about you, Shalon?
2: Oh, gosh. Be graceful. In extending grace to yourself and to others, especially in the holidays, because there are a lot of people who experience traumatic things in the holidays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody that you meet has something going on.
0: That's true. Not everybody's an open book. No. What is one way that you have experienced getting control of one of your triggers or one of your emotions that caused you to have, I don't know, some kind of a reaction? For me, it was my kids. I did not want them to be the type of person that reacted the way that I was reacting to certain situations. And I realized that that's what they were doing. They were starting to act out the way that I was acting out. So I was like, hmm, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right, Karen, (laughs) let's be the adult here.
2: (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was my kids. I mean, I think it's just for for me, it's a spiritual journey. Mm you know, learning, learning more about God's word and learning more of, you know, I'm just, I'm not here on this earth just for me. And knowing that is the be- the beginning for me of getting a hold of some of the ways that I used to act out. For me,
1: it's probably my, my husband, because he is, um, he's a different kind of person that I'm used to hanging out with because he's He's very, very matter of fact, very, I'm not going to say he's simple minded or simple because he's not, but yet he is. So I have to keep myself controlled. Otherwise he's not going to pay attention at all. He's just going to walk away. So if I don't control what I'm doing, he and I have a whole lot of trouble communicating. Mm. So I have to keep myself controlled in order so I can have communication with him. Otherwise he, he doesn't want have anything to do with it.
0: Yeah. Communication is key.
1: Okay, that's all we have for you today, folks. We certainly do appreciate you listening.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We're available exclusively on Spotify.
2: And join the conversation by sending us an email to sharpsistertrio at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye.